On today's episode of Locked On Suitors, a couple rule changes being discussed by the NCAA to help limit exposure to players. Got some doubt creeping in still about the Oklahoma Sooners that I want to address from the YouTube comment sections. And OU Hoops get a big win on Tuesday night over West Virginia. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. My name is John Williams. Thank you for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts for free. And hey, if you're on YouTube, you can interact with me. You can leave comments. You can leave questions. You can get into debates with certain people that one one person in particular I'll want to address in the second segment. But first, let's talk about a couple rule changes that are being discussed by the NCAA. And this is to limit exposure to the players. So back in the mid-2000, 2010 decade, they looked at lengthening or decreasing the length of games in order to minimize the impact on players. As we've come to understand more and more that one, football is a violent game and the impact of head-to-head hits Uh, and repeated concussions can potentially uh, put people at risk for long-term brain damage due to head trauma. And it's continuing to be an issue. As long as football will be played, it will still be an issue that is going to be discussed because player safety is an important part of of what's at the fabric of football now at every level. That's why we have concussion protocols. That's why refs will signal for a player to come off the field. If there's been a head-to-head hit and the player looks like he's having a hard time, they just go ahead and take him off the field, have him go get evaluated, looked at, and make sure he's not going to have a concussion and he's able to pass those concussion protocols. Player safety is a good thing. Does it change what football looks like from what it used to be? Yes, absolutely. The game doesn't look the same as it did in the 80s or 90s, and that's Okay. Does it change some of our, our enjoyment of the game? Yeah. But are players important? Sure. Absolutely. Do they understand the risks that they're getting into when they sign up to play football? Yes, they do. But that doesn't mean that leagues shouldn't look to protect their players. So looking at these potential rule changes, let's just keep that in mind. Like Player protection, player safety is a really important aspect of what football is nowadays. And I think we should be okay with that. I think we should be for that. Yes, it makes it look different. Yes, the targeting rule is has some issues, but player safety is paramount. So let's talk about these rules. So the two things they're considering is one, treating incomplete passes the same as runs out of bounds, and two, no longer stopping the clock after first downs. So this is all focused on decreasing the amount of plays per game. Like they said, exposure. Exposure is the goal decreasing exposure to the players by if you decrease the number of plays per game, you're potentially decreasing the number of hits per game and potentially the number of injuries per game. If you're able to do that. So first of all, treating incomplete passes, the same as runs out of bounds. So Dennis Dodd lays this out. He says beginning in 2008, the clock started to run 
after runs and fumbles out of bounds when the referee signaled ready for play. Previously, the clock started on the snap after such plays. The committee is considering treating incomplete passes the same way. The rule would be in effect until late in the half or game, perhaps the last two to five minutes. Um, This one, you know, I I don't mind this rule. I don't mind this idea. My only issue is that you, the referees then have to change what their way of thinking is for different parts of the game. So, you know, if say that after the five minute mark in the half at the end of the second quarter, you go from not stopping the clock on incomplete passes to stopping the clock. We already see referees making mistakes. Are they going to be able to make sure that they stop the clock on an incomplete pass after the five minute mark or the two minute mark, whatever it turns out to be? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. We see, like I said, we see referees making mistakes all the time. They're human people are, are, and I mean, the, the clock operator will be a big part of this as well, but I don't like the idea of having to kind of like change everybody's thinking um, for different parts of the game. I like the idea that an incomplete pass stops the clock. It gives everybody on the field a little bit of a breather teams that like to play fast. It slows them down a little bit. gives the defense an an opportunity to regroup. Um, You know, a team that plays fast can, you know, they throw the incomplete pass. They can just line right back up and, and get ready to go. And it gives the defense less time to make that substitution and, and get a breather, kind of regroup after making a play. Like an, an incomplete pass should benefit the defense a little bit. But if you're keeping the, the clock running or getting the clock ready to run um, on this ready to play signal, it gives them a little bit less time. There's a little bit more urgency that fast offenses can take to get to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball, at least just kind of the way I think about it. Um, that might not be the way it plays out. The second one to me is a little more interesting and, and that's the um, not stopping the clock after first downs. Now this is a huge aspect of college football. This is what differentiates college football from the NFL. And it's, it's a really cool rule and it creates a lot of in game drama because teams have more opportunity to, get back into games because as long as you keep getting first downs, you can slow the game down, have more plays, more possessions in which you can get back into the game. This one I think is going to have a lot harder time passing than maybe the first one because it's such an important aspect of what college football has been and is over forever. Um, you know, you look back at kind of the Oregon game, Oregon's able to make that comeback in large part due to, uh, the, the 2006, 2007 game where because the clock's able to stop after first downs. Um, but uh, it's also benefited Oklahoma at times too. And so I, I think this one has a little bit more difficult time passing, but I think it's the one that would make the most significant impact. Teams that run up a lot of plays end up getting a lot of first downs usually, and that means they're going to have a, a, a longer like time of possession, a longer game time, you take away the, the clock stopping after a first down and potentially you reduce the number of plays, reduce game time, reduce the number of collisions and exposure to the players. So that one's going to be the one that I'll be more fascinated to see if it passes because that completely changes the game for college football. Not necessarily in a bad way. It makes it more like the NFL. The NFL is a great product. People love it. There's a part of the reason people love it is because it's usually 
kept within a certain time frame, and games don't usually go over three, three and a half hours. College football, I mean, what are we sometimes we're watching four, four and a half hour games? And yeah, we love college football, but man, that that's a marathon and becomes sometimes a drag to to sit through that long of a game. You're like, man, I it's it's eleven thirty and I'm still watching football. Now, sometimes it's a great game that you're watching, but you're like, dang, I need to go to bed. But it'll be interesting to see something to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll keep following that this spring as they discuss those things and, and potentially make those rule changes. Uh, but coming up next, I want to respond to a little bit of doubt creeping in, at least from a UTEP fan, um, about the Oklahoma Sooners' ability to contend and compete in 2022. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's so good. I, I, I don't know how to explain it anymore. I've been talking about it for a year and a half more. I eat Built Bar all the time. It's one of my favorite breakfasts to have because it's such a treat, but it's also great in protein, has great fiber, low calories, low carbs, and low sugar. It has as much as 17, 18 grams of protein in most bars, four or five grams of, of sugar, four or five grams of carbs, low calorie, high protein. What don't you love about that? And they've got great flavors from coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. And sometimes they've got some great white chocolate options as well if you're into that. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com. And hey, it's March Madness. It's time to get your bracket ready. The selection Sunday's coming up. Teams are going to be looking to go where, looking at whatever region they end up in and we're going to have you covered here on Locked On on the Lockdown Podcast Network. On March 14th, Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling are going to give you an in-depth breakdown on every matchup. They're going to have you ready to go. You'll be able to find it on our podcast feed and the YouTube channel, so make sure you're tuned in for that as well. Uh, but coming up in this one, I, I want to talk about – so I, I, I feel like maybe I've responded to this guy before. I can't remember. But all right, so Jacob – Cooksey. He's a UTEP fan. He's been all over Twitter talking about potential issues that Oklahoma may run into. So first thing he says, I know with this rebuild on offense and defense, uh, I know for sure that this isn't going to be at the top level in 2022. The Oklahoma Sooners aren't going to play that well their first season or game this year with all the high school players and some transfers. Plus they have nobody and none of their starting players from 2021 are back. Um, and so he goes on to say, you know, their yeah, national signing day wasn't great. Transfer portal, they're in a rebuild. So, yeah, are they in a rebuild? Sure. Let's call it a retooling. Every college football team deals with some amount of turnover. Every single buddy, every single team. And roster turnover is part of the game. Yes, they lost 12 starters, 11 starters, 12 starters on both sides of the football. A lot of those 11, 12 guys go into the NFL draft. Yes, it's a team that has some some holes to fill. They've got some questions to answer. First of all, on the offensive line, you got three-fifths of your offensive line coming back. That's pretty good. Like, that's pretty good year-to-year continuity. At wide receiver, to me, you're just as good as you were last year. You got Marvin Mims back. Theo Weese is coming back from injury. We know Jaleel Farouk's a player. You got Drake Stoops. You got Trayvon West. You got Cody Jackson. I think they're still in really good shape out, out wide. 
um, at tight end, I feel like you're still really good with Braden Willis, Daniel Parker Jr. You know, who who knows how much he's going to play in you know eleven personnel and three wide receiver sets, but in twelve personnel and run situations, he's going to play and he's going to be a really good blocker for them. He's going to help open up holes for Kennedy Bro- or not Kennedy, Eric Gray, Marcus Major. On defense, yeah. On the edge, you've got some questions, but I think you've got some answers too. I think Reggie Grimes, Clayton Smith, Ethan Downs, Marcus Stripling, I think these guys are going to be really good this year. And I think they've just kind of been biding their time, waiting for an opportunity to, to explode onto the scene. We saw what they looked like in the bowl game when they got an extended run as Nick Bonito and Isaiah Thomas sat out against a really good Oregon offensive line. They had Oregon under pressure all night long. and It was a big reason they were able to win that game. In the defensive backfield, you're still really good. Yes, you lost Pat. You lost Pat Fields, Dillon, and Turner Yell. Pat Fields off to Stanford, DTY going to the NFL. But you still got Woody Washington. You still got DJ Graham, who, when DJ Graham is focused and locked in, he's a really good player. Key Lawrence and Justin Broyles, I think, are going to be a really good safety tandem. And then you had a ton of guys, one in particular in Trey Morrison, who combined with Billy Bowman, I think will provide a really good snaps out of the slot for you. And so your defensive backfield is pretty deep. And then you look at linebacker. Yeah, you lost Brian Osamoa to the NFL, looking like maybe a top 50 pick in the NFL draft. But you still got Deshaun White, David Aguebu, who might move to edge, according to our guy Parker Thune. But then you've got Jaron Kanak, who, again, according to Parker Thune, who's talking to people inside, the, inside Norman, he's just blowing it up in winter workouts. People are pumped about this guy's potential. And that doesn't even include Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis or TD Roof, an experienced transfer. So your linebacker crew looks really good, really strong. Your interior defensive line still looks really good despite the losses of Perrion Winfrey. Jalen Redman, I think, is about to blow up and have a dominant season for the Oklahoma Sooners. Jeffrey Johnson was a great add for two, from Tulane. Like, a great add. Not just a good ad. Like, that dude's going to be a significant run stuffer for the Oklahoma Sooners. That's going to be a huge difference in this defense compared to Alex Grinch's defense. Alex Grinch wanted guys that could get upfield fast. The problem with that is that if you get upfield fast and you get by or they let you go by, then the offensive lineman is able to get to the second-level block linebackers, which could open up big second-level runs for the opposing running game guy like Jeffrey Johnson, he's not trying to get upfield. He's trying to eat up blocks. And yes, he wants to get upfield, but teams are going to have to deploy two interior offensive linemen to block this guy. It's going to leave opportunities for Jalen Redmond. It's going to leave opportunities for the linebacker crew to flow more freely than they might have otherwise with a one, you know, gap system. So Jeffrey Johnson is going to be playing some two gap that's going to force teams to provide extra help to block him. So this team is going to be really, really good. They're the favorite. I mean, they're the favorites in the big 12. Dylan Gabriel is arguably the best quarterback in the big 12. They've still got a strong group of receivers, a strong offensive line. One of the players that they're going to be replacing Marquise Hayes, they've got an experienced player coming in to replace him in McCabe um, Matower. You've got options at right tackle to replace Tyrese Robinson with some young guys some guys that have been around the program as well. And 
impressive transfers. So you've got options. Like the Oklahoma Sooners are not devoid of talent just because it's a retooling year. Are there questions? Sure. But there's questions every single year that every team's got to have to answer. But I think Jacob, noted UTEP fan, you have to be careful just assuming that because they of all the losses that they're not going to be any good. Again, questions to answer. But I think that first week of the season, you're going to see very quickly how good this team is under its new coaching staff with all these players that came in through the transfer portal and some freshmen that might have significant impacts in year one. I'm still very high on the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm not sitting here going to say they're going to be a college football playoff contender. I'm not. I mean, they're going to be one of the big 12 contenders. They'll still have challenges with Oklahoma state and Baylor, but that's going to be the case every year. Texas is still going to be a challenge as well, but sitting at it right now, I, I see no reason why they can't be contenders in the big 12 in 2022. Coming up next, let's talk some Oklahoma hoops win. Let's talk some other notes, news and notes for uh, Oklahoma. Some awards handed out to Oklahoma baseball and softball. But before we do that, let me talk to you about Run Your Pool. March Madness is only a few weeks away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on and use promo code Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing you and beating you there. I also want to talk to you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that has been serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. From the do-it-yourselfer to the professional mechanic, everybody gets the same low price. And they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Oklahoma men get a big win on Tuesday night over the West Virginia Mountaineers, 72-59. to And it was a game that was out of hand at times and really close at times. Oklahoma started off in a 10-6 hole against West Virginia, but then went on a strong defensive run and held the Mountaineers to like 14 straight, 15 straight misses on the defensive end to build a 14-point lead in the first half. Now some sloppy shot selection, some lackadaisical defense in the late part of the first half led to a run by West Virginia to be able to close it to four. But in the second half, Oklahoma jumped out again and were able to put the the Mountaineers away. And it was a big win for Oklahoma. 
led by Tanner Gross, who got 17 points and 10 rebounds. Jordan Goldwire had 16 points, four assists, and five rebounds. Uh, and then you had you know a good game from Jacob Groves as well. Emoji Gibson, eight points. He's a guy that continues to struggle a little bit. I feel like at times he has some heat check moments where you know, there was a, a big three made by West Virginia and early in a possession, maybe like five seconds into the possession, Moja Gibson launches a three from like five feet beyond the arc. And you look at Porter Mosher on the sideline and he like immediately puts his head in his hands. He's like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we wasting possessions like this on deep threes and not getting our best opportunity? Love Mo Gibson, man. The dude can be a fantastic player, can be a great shooter at times. But there are times where the slot, the shot selection just is not fantastic. There was another time, I think sometimes it feels like there's maybe an overemphasis on shooting the three. Because there was a time where a guy drove the lane. He was in the lane with one defender, nobody else really around him, and decided to kick it out for a three as opposed to try and put up a you know a high, high percentage shot. More problem too, I'm like definitely, you know, find the open guy, but do that when like you're being defended by three or four guys in the lane as opposed to just one. If you can't beat a guy one-on-one in under the basket, then you need to work on that part of your game. But I think, you know, Bajan Cortez had a really good game. That guy I feel like is going to be a very significant player for the Oklahoma Sooners. I, I feel like he's got big 12 player of the year potential with his ability to pass the basketball, distribute the ball. He's He can hit shots too. He can get into the lane. He's kind of got some of that sneaky uh, penetration ability like um, Austin Reeves did last year where he might not be the fastest guy, the most athletic guy, but his ball handling skills allow him to get into the paint and finish or to dish the ball. He's got great vision on the court. But this is a team, it, it, it's kind of frustrating that this team had such a lull that they did in January and February because – they'd be a tournament team with just a few more wins. Now they're really fighting for their tournament lives and have an opportunity. They're going to have to win against Kansas state on Saturday to close out the season, but they'll have to make a bit of a run in the big 12 tournament. Like if they can get to the semifinals of the big 12 tournament, that might give them an opportunity to advance into the NCAA tournament, but they're going to have to come away with some big wins and in some big situations. But I don't know if it's going to be enough still, if they don't get like, they might have to get to the final of the big 12 tournament to be able to, to make the NCAA tournament their their bracket odds, their turning odds are long right now. Um, but let's talk about, uh, some, some awards that were handed out to Oklahoma Sooners baseball and softball, uh, Jordy ball and Jana Johns both got big 12 player of the week awards, uh, from the big 12 conference. Uh, and this came after Jordy ball had a fantastic weekend in the, um, Mary Nutter classic. Uh, she threw a perfect game with 11 strikeouts against Cal State Fullerton. Uh, and then against number 17, Tennessee, she struck out 16 and eight in the third innings. Um, most strikeouts by a senior pitcher since Giselle Suarez struck out 16 versus Wisconsin in the NCAA Norman Regional in 2019. Um, and then Jana John, she hit two home runs in uh, the win over Tennessee as well. Um this follows up a, you know, a dual player of the week award when Tara Jennings and Jordy Ball earned uh, Big 12 player of the week awards a couple weeks ago. And then Chaz Martinez has won several player of the week awards after he had 14 strikeouts 
uh, over the weekend against Northwestern State. His big win helped them clinch the series uh, over Northwestern State uh, in Arlington. Um, huge win. He went seven shutout innings and allowed three hits, if I remember right. But the 14 strikeouts, absolutely huge. The dude was just dealing that day. Had six strikeouts in a row at one point. And so that's a really exciting for uh, Oklahoma baseball to have a guy who could potentially be a stud pitcher for them. Um, yeah, a lot of great things happening right now in OU Athletics, on, on the diamond in particular. Oklahoma baseball is 5-2 and two to start the season. Oklahoma softball is 15-0. and 0. Uh, Still on Jocelyn Allo home run watch. Uh, but they'll get an opp- she'll get an opportunity to to break the home run record at Marita Hines Field on Monday against Minnesota for their home owner opener. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the show. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, free and available on all platforms. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at John9Williams and the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. And you can also follow the show on Facebook. But until tomorrow, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.